Hey, we're back. So the title, Why Are You List? Underscore. What's missing there? What's missing between the list and the inning? Well, list and lust are two words that are correlated that I did not know were correlated until very recently. Sometime after oh, mid-July in 2016, someone challenged me to ask God, God Almighty, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, ask Him what lies do I believe about him and anything else? Annie Larkin challenged me that at Guatai Church in Guatai, California. And if I'm right in my recalling of my handwritten notes, it was July 22nd or a, a Wednesday in the second to last week of July somewhere within a week of that because I remember that it was in July and it was 2016 and gradually from there to here everything has changed everything has changed I cannot idly lie and get by without giving an account for that lie. That's, the, that's that whole deal, you know, in the Bible, everybody's worried about what you're going to be judged for and what you're going to be judged on. And, you know, a lot of that is, <clears throat> you know, seventh grade, memes that get stuck in your gut somewhere and you just can't get them out. You want to be part of the in crowd and the in crowd is always judging you by what you look like on the outside or what comes out of your mouth or, you know, the deeds you do. Oh, that was stupid. You know, those kind of things. That's not the way that idle words are accounted for. We give an account for every idle word we speak by virtue. That's kind of the good side of power. Virtue is, you know, the good side of energy. The, the light side, the right side. Virtue. So by virtue of whatever it was I was going to say. Give me a second here. Talking about judging and being judged. And most human beings have a concept of judgment that they established as the right way it was done because that's the way it was done to me. And we learned that in seventh grade. Well, that's not the way that idle words are accounted for or the speakers of idle words 
are accounted for. Idle words are accounted for by virtue of the fact that what you say is really what you get. Now this has been noted by me. And I think it's uh, evidence of what Rupert Sheldrick would call morphic resonance. At some where around the early 1990s, for the very first time, or maybe it was the 1970s, you know, I don't really know, but you can look it up. This Rosenthal guy was the was the decision maker at the New York Times and one of the Nixon tapes had a non-deleted expletive in it and the New York Times had a policy up through at least 1991 they had a policy of not publishing um, prof profane words uh, I can't remember what they called them you know shit and damn and fuck and hell and few others like that and those words began to be used publicly more commonly than they had ever been used publicly before but they began to use being used publicly the same way that they were used on a golf course or in a dugout or in a bivouac or on a 40 mile hike with a pack on your back or in whispers on ambush at night whispering whispering just idle words most of them useless useless shit this shit that friggin this friggin that but when we take the words and we we twist them just that little bit you know we we say friggin instead of fucking and you know deep deep in me there's still a very tender spot in me where I, I don't like to hear people say that word the way they say it on television these days but the way they say it on television these days wind it back to when Rosenthal made the decision to go ahead and print the word S-H-I-T in the New York Times and all the people that read the New York Times began to consider that word in a completely different way you know if shit is part of the truth that happened we all know shit happens 
we learned that from Forrest Gump, and that was one of the lessons. That was just one of the lessons that everybody in the whole baby boom generation learned lessons from Forrest Gump. We learned that we had grown up in the very same world to which there were multiple points of view, which when seen from the perspective of a simple-minded soul who could not tell a lie because it just wasn't the right thing to do. And then somewhere, you know, back a little before that, Spike Lee comes out with this movie that's going to show white men in rural Arizona what it's like to be a black man in New York City or you know some East Coast big city whatever where where there's a whole culture that has arisen in that particular city where that culture has champions that they embody in sports teams and you know they wear sports jerseys that's got their hero's name on the back and that kind of stuff there. They join themselves into little you look like me, so you're like me clicks. Clicks like in cliche makes a click. It's like a, a phrase of words that were typeset so often that the typesetters would just keep them ready at hand and sometimes a cliche was repeated only to take up space only to add space it was an idle word it meant nothing but you know you could stretch a sentence enough to give you a right justified margin by adding an ly here and there and that was harmless right it just a bit more of a descriptor as to how the action was accomplished. Tom Swiftly, wisdom, comes dripping down through the generations. Through me, there are wise sayings that can come out of things that my great, great, great grandfather, Mac Boyette's father, You know, there's a, a person in my male family line who has served under every single flag of Texas, including me, if you include the United States flag, to which I did swear allegiance. And I have forsworn that allegiance by being born again beyond the uh, beyond the state of being that I was in when it was possible for me to even believe that I owed allegiance to a flag and the republic for which it stands as opposed to owing allegiance to my fellow men with whom 
I agree that we should behave. Behave is a good word we'll get into someday. But I should behave as though none of them are my enemy. I should accept this idea that in my country, we trust in God as big as you can possibly imagine him, as powerful as you can possibly imagine him, as unified as you can possibly imagine him. And if he still needs a womb, you know, there are stories that abound that explain to us how the idea of God became everything that is around us that we agree to see. I believe that if there's a fellow on the other side of this valley and he's looking back at me, his point of view on the world is totally different than mine. For he and I to agree, we have to believe that there is a point of view that is beyond us and lo and behold we both have Google Earth and we can both type in Pine Valley California and we can see one another's house the way it was just a few days ago when there were three cars parked in my driveway there weren't always three cars in my driveway. That used to be a sign of uh, great wealth. I've got a neighbor down the road that's got about eight cars parked in his driveway. One of them is a 51 Studebaker. He used to call those, uh, what was it, redneck trust funds? White trash trust funds. I grew up in a drunk junk yard. Grew up in a junkyard. I think we called it a wrecking yard. And my uncle Jim, who's uh, my oldest living relative right now, told me about his childhood. He was born in 1934, so he was seven years old when the United States started really going into a war footing for World War II. And there was a lot of salvage opportunities. You know, everybody was salvaging tires and salvaging this and salvaging that. And uh, anybody who was around that junkyard, my granddaddy's junkyard, you could use any tool that you knew how to use and uh, you were free to experiment it was just a totally different environment than most eight-year-olds today could imagine but between the time when my uncle jim was eight years old in 1942 and when i was eight years old in 
1956. Life around the wrecking yard had not changed a whole lot. There was a little deeper layer of grease, I'm sure, on the floor. The smell was just uh, a smell of greasy mechanic smells. The smell of burnt brake pads. The, you know, the smell of that solvent stuff that you used on your hands at the end of the day to take the grease off and the life boy soap that was in the bathroom and the, the lava soap that was in the men's bathroom. In that junkyard we had acetylene torches. So the eight-year-old kids got to learn the idea that the acetylene is the fuel oxygen makes burn and the more oxygen you add and the less acetylene you can get down to this tiny little point of flame and if you are real careful with that tiny little point of flame you can write your name on the crusted grease on the garage floor and uh, fill the whole place up with smoke and not set off a single alarm. I, I grew up in a dangerous world now that I think about it, but it was a great learning experience. And that's where the whole idea of the podcast comes from. I've never had a 70-year-old man sit down and think with me, what was it like? What was it like? And I've tried this with a few people, and, and some of those will come up in these podcasts. And if any of you would like to have those conversations, get in touch with me. Get in touch with me. We grew up in a world, the same world Forrest Gump grew up in, we grew up in. Forrest Gump is fiction. Forrest Gump is not a lie. An hour a day, is that what we should shoot for? An hour of discussing matters that we kind of drift off on, that we forget we were talking about clouds that we were both able to see. We live in interesting times, you know. I'll bring this up time and again as well because I haven't researched well enough to know how deep it goes, but I heard that when the British and the Americans, which is the British basically, you know, the British Empire, the seat of power sort of changed like uh, going from Rome to Constantinople. It, the seat of power did shift from the core 
of London. I can't remember what they called it, but the, you know, the banking core of London. That power did shift slowly to New York City and Washington, D.C., but it's much more uh, diversified now. It's the same power. It's the same god of war who controls the economic realities that we live in. You know, if the weapons manufacturers weren't employing the X number of thousand people that they are employing at Boeing and Lockheed and Raytheon and is General Dynamics still around? I can't remember. SAIC. Uh, oh, there were a half a dozen others, maybe at least three that I worked for in the late 80s and 90s who were involved in some aspect of uh, government contracting for weapons. Uh, Star Wars stuff was uh, it was just that was the kind of place where guys who could uh, imagine crazy weapons in outer space they they sort of were drawn to those kind of places and when you raised your hand and you said hey I'm a unemployed don't know how to do anything but I own a Macintosh can you use me somehow I got jobs I mean uh, we'll talk about the situation that I was in in 1985 some other time I've recorded those stories and was not bold enough to tell them an earlier time in my life but I think I just might publish that part of my history more than once maybe I'll publish it the way I thought it was to be told two years ago and then I'll rethink it with you and we'll discuss the matter and we will look at this idea of there being a time predicted in the Bible where knowledge would be increased there being a time predicted that uh, those people who know God the God I've been talking about here that God people who know him unified so we don't have to sweat wombed or unwombed he's a He's one. People who know him will talk often one with another in those days and they will do exploits. Exploits, I always thought, were these just like big explosive kinds of things. But that's not what an exploit is. And we will explore the depths of our exploits as we converse one another in these days after which there has been an explosion of knowledge. That guy Daniel, who was, you know, on the the Torah compilation committee in Babylon back in the day. Daniel was told that as he was 
you know, researching all the stuff that he had to research to, you know, help people realize that, hey, we are living in changing times and the times are about to change way more drastically than they ever will again until what I know now is revealed. And uh, Daniel said, well, that, that's not going to happen until the last days. Well, at 70, I've decided that these are, in fact, my last days. If things keep going the way they're going, it's a good chance that I'll still have my wits about me when I'm 100 years old. Good odds. But that's only 30 years from now. And I know for a fact that 30 years ago, people were still discussing whether or not the New York Times was correct in making its decision to print the word S-H-I-T. Because all the shit that's happened since then has led me to conceive this concept that what we say and say and say and say and say, even without thinking, we just keep saying and saying and saying that we are someday called to account for all of those idle words that we have said and make something of them. fertilizer we fertilize the future with all our failed efforts and the effectual fervent prayer and we're we're not going to go there in this episode but it's not very likely that you and I agree as to what prayer is So it's pretty difficult to imagine that you and I agree in prayer. Unless we're both of the same mind and we just cast all our care upon him because he cares for us. And we consider that prayer. And we say thanks and take that which he has granted us and give it away. I hope you're back here another day and we can talk together. Auf Wiedersehen. God be with you. Adios. We'll add a segment, I suppose. Forgive me if I fail to understand where the dividing points are supposed to be in things and I get carried away in going with the flow but that was kind of the promise that I made myself that I would obey the idea that the wind we can learn a lot from watching and listening to the wind.
some things just happened to come our way. Earlier today, there was a story, and I, I told it into another old smartphone in an experiment that I'm attempting. And it may appear here someday, but there's no way to say how soon. However, at the point in yesterday or the <clears throat> the episode before this one, I was telling about quail and I got off on Grover Cleveland and didn't mention how this trail, it's, you know, the spot I'm talking about is less than a half a mile behind my house. I was walking by with my two dogs. Macy was still alive then, and Oliver was young enough to get around back there. And we saw this mama quail go flying off to the north and the west. And she was just staying at, you know, three or four feet above the ground and acting like she had a broken wing. And it was, it was cool cool is like the word of my generation it really is uh, I suppose there was a generation where swell was equally as uncool 50 years later not to be turned aside as that mama quail went along the dogs both chased her and I stood there still and watch three little baby quail go from one sagebrush bush to the next and freeze, stay perfectly still. And I watched for a while because they are so cute, little baby quail, just little balls of feathers with a tiny little curly top knot sticking out. It's going into a perfectly curled spiral that happens to be built on the golden mean so we end up with a spiral that matches the spirals in the galaxies and the spirals in the pine trees and the spirals in the nautilus at the bottom of the sea and we see these things and don't even notice them that's not the same as taking them for granted. You have to take them. They are gifts to you, granted to you. Take it that way. And that's all I've got to say about the little quail, but I didn't want to forget it. And now, going to read you something that I wrote <clears throat> because that was another one of the things that I dared to do. I dared to say that I'm a poet and any poet who does not publish is not worthy of the title if I want to share it with men like William Blake who saw things, who saw things from a POV that strikes many people as strange. Uh, so let me see, can I make this machine do I want? Here we go. 
The idea was that we can lose entire ideas. They, they go by so quickly that really good ones can be lost for lack of the resources to act on that idea at the moment. And many people hunt for ideas that are going to feed them. Ideas that are going to give their children a, a better way of life. You know, they're in the shark tank, trying like hell to find some consumable thing that just can be burned up in the consumer market, where you buy it over and over and over again, addictively to home shopping network TV. Well, I wrote this poem called You Can Lose Thursday, August 30th around noon. We all have a little rebel. No, not after the actual war is won once and for all. But Jesus ain't really funny, is he? About yay big, yay big, the Rio Jesus statue from TV. That's funny? Yeah. The we that has forgotten the wars that are always fought for millions of individual reasons. Harper Lee explained that to me. And that we don't, it don't include me. We were sharecropper sons sent to war for a better life. Boys of many colors sent to fight under village banners to which their allegiance was pledged, it turns out, by their fathers nigh on forever ago. Po-why-trash, all recycled and stuffed with old wine. We wither, wither, hither, we die on the vine, never disconnected. Note that connection is an older idea than light-emitting diode, but it has always freed a photon thing or P-H-O-R essence you all moment just that long a note not a chord the, the tangles you combed from my hair <laughs> you curled permanently temporarily the 80s. <laughs> so we'd be having some 
meme more ease in our waning moons. Beyond the 70s, some folks are saying in the rural realms that remain in salated pockets of progressive inversion reverting to the mean meme. Rivalry and bellicosity of Bubba Oom's Negram Grains. Bubba Oom? You know him. He's old wise-ass guy, ponders reality flowing by, and he raises his arms and makes waves appraising the worth of his inheritance. With a grace-filled old unwombed man dance, Wishing I was a crow again so I could see the look on your face when you saw me seen in you and knew somebody beyond mind is being touched by the waves the old man made with the fans in his hands. Eagle wings, first wings to mind. Mine, I never see. I see you saw me, caught you, eat crow, skeptic insider, we are free beyond you now, but where there's a how, there's a way, they say, things are working well, I say, if you agree, we may make a meme here and share it on Facebook or Twitter or something of those sorts, that stuff all way way beyond me i got a timex sinclair 1000 and a 300 baud haze it's a miracle you have the patience to wait for each letter to appear i skip no nerd weed no known i skip no need word and spaces. For God's sake, say it. Got it right. G R I A A. Cry. Oh, yeah, it's code. Why alone is and and seldom a symbol for why? The, the big idea. Just to clarify, wait. Bubbling On is a written piece, but I listened to what I just said and I never did finish saying what the correlation was between list and lust. Get the word list from when Jesus said, the wind goes where it listeth. And I just didn't have any modern concept of what listing could be other than making a one, two, three, four, five, six, 
bullet point kind of list or database sort of list, a, a sorting and shuffling of data to make it into lists that could be checked off, bucket lists, stuff like that. Couldn't figure out how the wind was listing anything and that had to do with going. And then I found out that there was a, a concept in older, older root languages that bubbled up into the English that we speak these days. And the word listing meant leaning like a boat listing in the water, leaning in a particular direction. Like the wind goes where it leans because the wind is basically always falling to the earth or being lifted up from the earth. And that lifting up part, that's the wind going where it is drawn. And the falling down part is the wind going where it flows, where it's listing in the direction that it is leaning. There's a big dove sitting on the top of the oak tree that's directly in front of me. It's as if she is just watching me wave my hand in the wind and making note of the fact that my waving my hand in the wind is a very ineffectual deed. It doesn't stir much up. But I look back at her and I say, my words do more than yours. And she got offended and flew away. But she probably didn't hear a word I said. She just got irritated because I was staring at her and waving my hands. I have no idea what a bird brain thinks, but I know that a bird's eyes see things much differently than my eyes see. And oh, I want to see what that bird sees. That's lust. I want to have what that bird has. That's lust. And you can take it from there. You know lust, 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 even the word want, which means lack of, it means not enough of, that word has turned into a lust word, because where I live, everybody has too much. Even the poor people are fat where I live. So my head is just not going to lock into the list lust tracks that do exist. There may already have been an hour recorded 
regarding only listing and lusting as I discovered it back in the day. But now we're going to go on and commit because I have committed that I'm going to do this podcast every day and I'm going to make it my honest effort to make it make more sense and be more fun from one day to the next. So the title of this piece is Bubbling On. Knowing is a flowing upstream in the dream. We dream of dreaming. That is, we think, see, reality, relativity is new to us since the initial con mix-up. We realize this time, we realize this time from a variety of POVs. We just now realize we are the meme of the moment. I'm listening to Alvarez tossing out from this branch of big history, fractally impractious yaks me. Deep history discovered during my exist dance whence, hence, the meek inherit the earth, the memes inherit the wind. Whose idea was this? Is this is this radio man related? Inheriting in, inheriting the wind is thematic. I think we could plot this if we if we thought if we thought it might lead to some new thing, you know, not not now known to you. You dear hearer. Myself, I am a man under octoritas. My due is done on my word. Wait, wait. Time time for a POV very if I or use. Who can see this now? Was there an old world web? Ho oh, ho, we thought you'd never reach out and touch somebody with your soul. So be it. Say so, yo, yeah, say so. So what you may imagine may no longer be only evil altogether. Hence, we hither came with rules for fools to ignore. S'more, messengers from God or of God. You see the differincidence, do you not? When was that a way to say any sensible thing? Now, never before. 
Never before could the manner of men we be be aware of multidimensional, multilaterable by age seven. I offer my children's children's my acceptable sacrifice if you see evidentiation presentations as such, evidentially. My grandchildren know more about the rules of the metagame than any generation before our own. And they apply those rules by age four. I am surrounded by my witnesses. My offered truth to you, dear reader, who made the game worth playing forever. So be it. And that's the end of that piece. <clears throat> and that gave me a third of today's commitment. <clears throat> Sunsets I've known. Ralph Waldo Emerson said a lot of things that I do not believe he knew for sure. But he said the horizon belongs to the man who sees it, and I agree with that. In fact, my favorite part of every place where I can remember living peaceably for some time, my favorite part of those places was the horizons and my sunsets that I can share. Waldo never could do that. Waldo makes you look at the next horizon that you see. He reminds his readers to see what he says is so on the very next opportunity. He reminds his reader to say what he says is so. The next time you see a horizon that no man built. Sunsets happen once each spin. But, 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 sunsets can take forever from a certain point of view. If you get to thinking about forever, you pretty much need to be doing nothing but listening to your sunset. Imagine, no, no, no. Your sunsets are not even made of the same sunlight my sunsets are made from. Know that. On a spinning ovoid planet, we can know endless sunsets are acting at the edges of night. Most every minute. most minute 
I left myself a note that I was to say minute when this was spoken. At the edges of night, every most minute measure of a moment that passes, we are free to spend time spent. Time spent thinking big, Yahweh, great ghost god thoughts, contemplating, no rushing, full, seemingly imagining constant sunsets at the edges of night creeping around our horizons. Poetry is assumed to be mysterious. It is not. It is mystical. Subtle difference, that. Spiritual things, thoughts, imaginations, we know those are real. We just don't spend our time thinking about them unless we think some lovely things while witnessing the glory all around us. Until we think how my sunsets and yours are ours each. Yet mine lessens thine not aught at all. Oh, for better words to say this, I should be able to say anything and you would understand exactly what I said. It was that way once, the old tale-tellers tell. List and trow, would that I had such good old words in common with the wind that bloweth where it listeth. But my point would be lost, I trow, were I to try. Listing all the ways listing and listening are related, but, but, but not exactly the same. Listing like the wind that is knowing you are going exactly where you hope or wish or believe, though better by far is going knowing, a true knowing of thyself, loved by God. Oh, the mystic peace of mind lost for lack of sunsets, taken for the pleasure. Take pain to pay time next time the opportunity arises. How better may one say go and sin no more. Oh, forgive me, please. I, I was intending to just share and maybe point out how folks sometimes fail to feel the love in their sunsets for lack of spending just a little precious time to see some. Then I went and got all mystical and poetsy. Your, your pardon, please, with the tip of the obligatory cowboy storyteller's hat, like that.
me my sunsets should you ever notice them on the internet or on a wall pleasantly provoke you to see your own you get some every day they define glory make them sacred that's a sacrifice you know what you sacrifice your own sunsets to well well what you sacrifice your own sunsets to that says a lot about you to ears that can hear you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying a rich man a man rich in sunsets can't call himself poor he's rich in spirit can we say that heaven ain't that far away when he's living when he's living on the only land in the world that would let my without papers wop relatives prove their worth for a good day's work of course that seems as if it's fixing to change now that last that was a little note that i wrote back in there because at the time that i wrote this bit about listing and lusting I thought about my grandfather living on the last homesteadable land in America not the last parcel but the last era when land could be homesteaded in the lower 48 He was living in on the only land in the world that would have let my without papers relatives work you know my maternal parents had been three times three generations sharecroppers in America by 1930 almost four generations my great grandfather on my father's side had no papers he was a genuine wop Now I can't see how there's any possible way I could be a legitimate American these days. But to the people who populated the America of my happiness I found that America and that America is uh, global. 
we're the regular folks. We're the regular folks in Afghanistan. We're the regular folks in Kazakhstan. We're the regular folks in Moscow and in Paris and Istanbul and not a single city in Africa comes to mind. Cairo. Morocco. Timbuktu. There are some really great stories about how the salt of the earth got around the earth and got to the places where it is. But we'll save those for another day and call this a segment. And please bear with me. This is going to be as good as I can imagine it. Okay, it's that time of day when the spirit moves me and I get bold enough to think that I can say what I am thinking as rapidly as I am thinking it and it will make sense as opposed to seem as if I am faking it hip-hopping around like an old 70-year-old clown. The great benefit of the technology that we have right now is that if if I could simply describe what I see, I would be doing what Michelangelo did with his clouds. But if I were to see what I am seeing and to the best of my ability share this moment with you right there, right where you are, the time between us means nothing. The distance between us is in calculably small when we consider the ball upon which we lived that Carl Sagan pointed out as that pale blue dot. If our minds can't go beyond our skulls, we are, of all men, most miserable. We must imagine being the kinds of creatures that men have always imagined men once were. All the old stories and the legends and the sagas, they speak of times when there were giants on the earth and there were chimera and monsters of various sorts, lion-headed women and 
female torsoed lions and leopards and elephants that were kind of jolly gods and all manner of, of things that you know if you ever even just ventured a few steps into the psychedelic world you saw the same things that the guys saw who made the masks for the dancers in the Japanese operas or the Indian dramas or the the Greek dramas, the masks of the other kinds of critters that men have in their memories, other kinds of critters who were sentient and strong and sometimes just the greatest friend a guy could want, Shrek, sometimes Frankenstein, no, he doesn't doesn't work. He's a good guy now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Dracula. Dracula's hard to, you know, completely evilify anymore. Who would we say that? Uh, God, I don't have any examples of of a monster that's still monstrous these days. Yeah, not even Donald Trump and that guy in North Korea. They both pretty much seem like cartoons, I think, to everybody. A lot of people are not afraid of dying these days. Have you noticed that? It's just like... Either it's a really big deal or it's not a big deal and there's nothing you can do about it one way or the other. You're gonna do it. You're gonna die. So, with your future seeing ability, your prophesying ability, see yourself on your deathbed. What's going on in your head? Who's paying attention to what's going on in your head? when you're on your deathbed. I'm not paying attention to what's going on in my head right now and I'm not even close to my deathbed. Going into a mode that is trance-like is how the oracles at Delphi and other places around the Middle East spoke words of order from chaos. That was their job, you know, people would come with a question or a problem they couldn't handle. They'd come to the oracle and hope to hear from the gods and the 
the gods would give them the answer they were expecting. That was sort of the rule. What are you willing to pay for the right answer? Fool. That's kind of the reality some people think they live in. But the truth is that widow's two mites bought all she ever needed forever. Just the thought of it. Just the thought of giving your all to any idea that encompasses everything you can imagine. And you be aware that within this bubble universe that you now are in with me, within this bubble universe, we have good and we have evil and both you and I, as far as we know, maybe everybody else, but you and I know good and evil. We know the hows and we know the whys, good and evil. Not the same as right and left, right and wrong, right and left behind. Nah, left and right are just, you know, gauche and Dexter. Not a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess we have to go into chirality at some point. This is as good as any. The whole world has a um, characteristic, the whole universe, down, down to the level of corks. Pairs of corks have chirality. They both spin a single direction at the same time. They spin from this side of that to that side of this. And they can do this at a spooky distance. In reality, the matter that makes up matter has a state of being that is similar to us. We uh, sentient beings. We messengers in the medium of the message. Embodied in nothing but the resonance of our being. in the big reality, the one that is still real 
when you are. This is a commitment to me, to my future generations, a call to rise above petty politics and uh, small-minded science and religion. And um, my muse poked me today and said, if you're going to do this, you got to do it every day. So I wrote this this morning and I noticed that even though it's written, it has the same kinds of tongue-twisting mistakes that I speak when I speak aloud. I attribute some of this to spell check, and I attribute some of it to morphic resonance. I'm looking into the rife R-A-F-E experiments with resonance curing cancer in the 1930s. That should be interesting. We'll do a show about that in the future. Here's what I wrote today. And what I was thinking about was uh, the numbers of chimpanzees that generally constitute a troop and where the breakpoint comes. And there are breakpoints of, you know, you can have a single chimpanzee and you can have two and then three. And when it gets up to about 12, they tend to start bickering. And by the time they get up to around 30, they split, become two. And, uh, I think that relates somehow to that uh, two monkeys now fable regarding the sweet potatoes, whether those sweet potatoes were cut up or whether those sweet potatoes were whole, whether or not uh, the monkeys ever saw the researchers scattering, whether or not the monkeys thought those sweet potatoes being scattered on their beach were manna from heaven we don't know we don't know what kind of little monkey memories were passed on from one generation to the next but they say that after the 12th monkey started washing his sweet potatoes that uh, most of the monkeys began to wash their sweet potatoes but there were a few who remained on the shore grinding their teeth down with sand stuck in the sweet potatoes that these stupid men cut in pieces when they could have left them whole and the sand would have been just really easy to brush off. Point being, they've done research. They know there are these places where clusters of primates who have activities that seem to be humanish to humans. I'm sure they seem perfectly monkeyish to monkeys. 
Anyway, they try to model human beings after things that they see doing similar things. Groups grow and they break apart. They grow and they break apart. They grow and they break apart. And uh, the sapiens guy, can't remember his name right now, thinks that the language, or he reports, you know, I don't really know what he thinks. He's, he's more a reporter than he is actually the scientist who's doing the research. But he's reporting on this science and reporting on this belief that the language of man, the linguistics, this is probably the kind of stuff that Noam Chomsky chewed on back in the day. The linguistics gave us the ability to communicate and create, incorporate larger groups than mere families and troops. We grew into tribes and then we grew into clans and then we grew into clusters of clans that we could call deems where we could choose mates from a, a broader scope. And, and you know from there it's just been one war of conquest after another up to now. As if you know, at a certain point back when might became right and people were killed for being too weak to defend their own property. Proper. Proper T. Proper behavior. Proper. Propriety. We're going to have to chase all of those words some other time. Today's not the day. Today is the day that I am disciplined regarding rabbit holes that I fall down and uh, allusions that I make to cartoons that you either remember the Dawn Wabbit or you don't. One, two, three. And so on. Errors aside. The written line reads, And son, so on, son, eros, errors aside. And I left it because I thought spell check had made a a wonderful little nudge that pushed me in a different direction. One can or does incorporate a thought or mind, maybe. Two can manifest a child. Three. Three we can and maybe all there is. Wherever two or more are gathered together, you understand. Then here you are, dear reader. After I was thinking three was all that we would ever need, I realized that for any solid thing to be in my reality, there needed to be four points that could be connected. We needed to have a Euclidean solid. Ah, oh, there goes the dragonfly. This is so much fun, my friends. 
sitting on my porch and I am 4,000 feet above sea level and there is a dragonfly who has come to visit me several times recently. What amazing creatures these are, flying this high. God, you make good things. Okay, that's not part of this, but it fits right in here. Here you are, dear reader, bringing my words to life. Are we there, dear reader? Do you know what I am concerning you yet? We forget how we cannot say we are no longer willing to lie. Are the monsters manifested in Peugeot and Ford and them still grazing on magic as if they were real beings who could believe anything? Incorporated lies. Wise men do not tell those either. Not even sound bits. Either we can imagine a world that works as this one we share, dear reader, or one of the three of us is only acting, playing a role we all know from the womb. Recall, as you are able, being aware, a life. A thought of me. We must be very close cousin, cosigner maybe. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't be going on, on no run around Mullerberry trough, boat treasure and truth. Beware, where you claim them be mine own. Being Yasman Franklin, $100 bill. Buying the God they trust, Benjamin Franklin said that. Both treasure and truth be where you find them. Got back, Jojo. You know the song. Revert to mean. Those were the days, my friend. Such subliminal triggers work more effectively if you see. Not all effects are created equal. The effector's potency weight, that is, by nature, standard equipment at conception if you can get a grip on reality including the current flow i imagine this reality has a couple of crows who come to visit me nearly every day 
Or maybe they come to visit the old mama pine who looks out on her cones grown since the last or previous fire listed this way on the wind. I'll allow that. Suffer it to be so. Would you kindly later explain why fire... Oh, never mind. I know. I, by my leave, make it so. Whoa, the troops! Through the damn roof! Roll on, roll on! We all have parts to play today. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of that world. This being that makes planning no no spell check. Splinting. No, no, no. Like Ricky to Lucy. Splaining. Explain to see. If infective, eh? We go that far? This is up, Taco. Where you been? I've been mission in Actubol. Abdul the Ghoul. Shown big screen and small killing rapping the story. The sorry never ending Eden stories. Those are all that's left of the lies. Truth troops loosed in a valley this size. Ten, fifteen years max. There will be peace in your valley someday. Own your horizon. Suffice. We got as far as four. Now five, six, switch to symbol seven, eight, nine. Whoa, whoa, no zero yet. What do we do? There is always a con ten gent. There's always a contingent. See? Imagine you do. Say. Say what you'd see by that dawn wabbit hole, a hot wolf trap. No, I have a heart trap. I have a heart trap. Some guys fall into a burning ring of fire. Some get stuck at a red door, painting it black forever, maybe. Till now, for sure, we fell here. <laughs> but only if you are ruled by gravity, directing your falling. Do you favor a approximations or precision in deciding what is not done in civil, gentler realms? the dominions of enlightened mortals who... Those who took a load off back then when exocrances was causing gaseous eruptions in the scheme of things. We got this inter-externet 
meme making time with all the end seekers and uh, another meme team affecting if then systems in children before their first spoken words we are making a difference one clickbait meme at a time the story you asking me where this where it left off well here's where seems the crow just landed in the pine tree again Government buildings. Government buildings, ain't they fancy? Why are government buildings so fancy? What's the message being sended? Majesty. Majesty, I'd imagine. Majestbo just Justin. Only kidding. <laughs> no say. Jose's nose knows nothing of the penomic phenomes. Genomes. Wafting with the wabbit down the vanishing wabbit hole. That darn wabbit. Surely, the early morning has gold in her mouth. For the early birds gets the early curly worm. Wiser than one might imagine, lacking any link to majesty for real. Every time I save a penny, I think of good old Franklin. Benny. Good man. I never save a dime, so Rockefeller seldom comes to mind. Know what I mean? John D's dimes meme. <laughs> the Watson who made Madison. A symbol for admin before old Opie of Mayberry took that street named, that famed Madison Avenue Street, famed for the hidden persuaders launched from there. Believing what Mr. Watson had told Mr. Rockefeller, that was all so true. You can make people think anything you tell them to. Watch. Hmm. Hidden persuaders. That mermaid, Ron Howard was the guy's name, not Opie. The movie Splash. That mermaid took the power of the name. It was it was a sign. In one generation, Madison would reign as the best ever name for a princess. 
born to the lines of Boomer's memes linked to Opie of Mayberry, the shark monster maker. No, no, that was Spielberg. Spielberg monsterized sharks. <clears throat> sea Hunt helped, but Jeff Bridges mellowed that gap twixt boomers and the parents of our grandchildren. Opie. <clears throat> Ron Howard. He sealed the deal with Splash. Madison. The power in a name. There are more granddaughters named after mythical creatures. It's a joke, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm elderly. You, you can't tell by the speed of my typing. I thought you would notice. 300 baud haze on Ma Bell. What the hell? What year is this? Is this one of those vortex things Grandpa was talking about at the... Who is Watson relative to Rockefeller's dimes? Was that the guy, the, the father of behavioralism? Father of behavioralism. Classics in the history of Sark. Anyway, there's a link in the printed version. Google it. Yeah, he was. The Watson who advised Mr. Rockefeller was the Watson who vented Madison Avenue. It was invented and he vented it, he just blew it out. You know, this whole idea of we can lie and if people buy based on our lie, then it's good for everybody. It's trickle down economics, if you can believe, you know. Would I lie to you? I mean, father of behavioralism. I mean, you go to uh, business school today, you're going to learn of Mr. Watson's ways, especially if you major in marketing. Huh. Everybody got to make a dime to take a time of mine. Time? No, don't think so. No, 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 no. My peace I give you. Not as the world takers claim in their own name rights given for allying with the god of war who strengthened the change you wear. Get that? Granted, it is a bitter pill after the sweet bye-byes paradigm shifted into sweet bye and bye as death appeared and made plain the deception 
to blinded eyes. You saw this coming and said nothing for fear of peers, dear reader, who set the watch. What time is right in the dead of night when crickets seem never to sleep and the winds are awake, <clears throat> as are the stars? <laughs> Catch a twinkle in my eye, and if you can identify which star did I wish would remind me I am the man I wish to be inside of me, I am he. And I spill over from time to time in silent belly laughs, not the noises when there's turmoil among the trillions of drunken biomimic clumps of shit. Oops. It happens. And everybody has private interpretations of exactly what shit means in its every happenstance. Time holds no sway here, okay? You can't change when forever started from this point of view. Not for reals. But you could try to lie. Convincing boys that war is a reasonable reaction regarding rear guards humbled and dishonored to the point of absolute individual Individuation. Tear me a new one, mother fruit, if I ever. Boy noises. Shush em. Burps be about some trump card trick. Keep. <coughs> Forgive me, live radio. This is me standing on a pulpit in front of you reading poetry. Boy noises, shush em. Burps, burps be about some trump card trick we was supposed not to have seen. Three card molly, Mr. Trump. Bet you can't beat me. I ain't never had no papers on me. Come play my game. Bet you my life against your soul. Wow, 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 what do you got to lose? Running from the border just east of San Luis, you do it once, this once, or you never do nothing again. That's the idea, you know? No, you don't. You never once ran for your worthless life. Never once. You never laid on your belly in the dark in a puddle of still siphoning gasoline that you spit. Shit. Keeps happening to me back there. <clears throat> POV. Y'all got that idea, right? You played Minecraft, right? You know that. The essence of virtual reality and belief supplantation of unbelief on temporary terms. Correct? You got all that? Okay. Primaries. 
Check your cultural memes. We nearly lost Abe this afternoon by failing to see advancement in goat milking that would have blown Father Abraham's nation fruit-defying mind meme. Destination, revelation, covenantation, cognic. Cognition, troubling, sun, sacred makings. Sorry, it, it all goes analog from here. Anyway. The mechanizing milking of 120 healthy nannies every hour by a single dairy master with no slaves, no child labor paid in milk. Milk 10 quarts. You had to milk 10 goats for two quarts of milk for the Catholic moms who couldn't keep up with whinge and sook, sookin' the damn dry songs of innocence and experience come wafting by. I saw that as some some good gression, some some progression. No slaves, no kids, milking the kids, moms. I saw that as some good Gresham growing on hopes of farm and nomad kids from some original time to now, wishing walking home with two quart pails sloshing frothy goat milk with each bump to the back of each knee with each step home along the old Irish sidewalk from the 30s CCC. Wish I may, wish I might have the wish I wish tonight. Girl, we gotta get out of this place If it's the last thing we ever do Are we living in a world where teams are chosen based on likes and retweets? Is that the way armies are going to be built? When those are teams, those teams oppose or contradict, <coughs> we're going to have flame wars, a la rocket man and bigger button diplomacy of 2017. Those won't really set the whole world on fire, will they? Grandpa, will they? <laughs> Not on my white scout. The Moses-like people, similar to the imaginary Socrates of Plato, not Aristophanes. And the man, Jesus the Savior, who is one and the same with Daniel of Babylon's Yahweh, only in Hebrew. meek that characteristic of personality truly trumps all others in the 1950s classic meaning of trumping among the gin rummy canasta set as well as amongst the more refined players of bridge coached daily in print by Gorin on bridge ah the global brain. QED. <laughs> Where's the fun? WTF.
QED is an initialism of the Latin phrase quod erat demonstrandum, meaning what was to be demonstrated or what was to be shown. Some may also use a less direct translation instead. Thus, it has been demonstrated. Q-E-D. <laughs> what if somebody's saying this? Did we just write a musical? How gay would that be back when? Oh, nah, 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 it's rock opera. Two-ton rock. Gary Nash on lead guitar. God knows on rhythm and bass. Rock on, if that means progress, be yonder, sooner, go, yeah, rock on, we gone, eh? <laughs>